Sometimes the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. Thank you again for joining me here at the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. I am your host, Ben Adelberg, and this is episode 49. I hope that everyone had a fantastic Thanksgiving weekend. I know that I did, spent a lot of time with some family and friends, watched some football, actually went to a football game, and yes, I even watched a little golf on pay-per-view. I am talking about the match between Tiger and Phil. So I have a few thoughts to share about the match, what they can do differently should they decide to go forward with match 2.0, but I'm not going to share them here. Why? Well, I want to get to this week's episode. I don't want to clutter things up in the intro. So if you're curious about my thoughts, please read my first blog entry. Yes, if you think this podcast is mediocre at best, you'll love the blog. Truthfully, I don't know how often I'm going to post a blog entry, but when I do, I'll let you know. So go ahead and check it out in the show notes of this episode. You'll find the link there. Let me know what you think. We are in the home stretch of season one here at the back of the range. Lots of new episodes are being recorded for season two. I can't thank you all enough for listening. What can you do to help out this podcast? Well, leave a review in Apple Podcast. Share it on your social media pages. Tell a friend. Tell all your friends, actually. Don't discriminate. Let everyone know about the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. Remember, we're on Instagram at the Back of the Range Podcast. That's where we release all of our upcoming guest announcements, all of our giveaways. If you haven't followed us, please do. We're also on Facebook, Twitter. All the links that you need are available in the show notes of this podcast. Make it even easier. You know what I'm going to say next, thebackoftherange.com. That's where all the information is for this podcast. Our guest this week is Brett Saberhagen. Yes, the two-time Cy Young Award winner, the 1985 World Series MVP when he played for the Kansas City Royals. Yes, that Brett Saberhagen. So why did I invite Brett to join me here at the back of the range? Well, to be honest, we've covered amateurs, pros, senior ams, college players. We haven't hit on celebrity golf yet, and specifically the American Century Championship. If you have a vague idea of what that tournament is all about, this should clue you in. You know, on NBC, you see this par three all the time right along the beach, and you see some boozed up spectators heckling the golfers. Yeah, that's the tournament. Well, Brett has played in that tournament for many years. He's always donating his time to play in charity events that benefit needy children. And he had some great stories to share about how he got into golf after his professional baseball career. So on a personal note, I was always into baseball as a kid before I ever picked up a golf club. I spent summers as a kid at my grandparents' place in Kansas. I used to watch the Royals on network TV. Yeah, network TV, way before MLB Network and all that stuff ever happened. But I used to watch the Royals as a kid. And to get to talk to Brett Saberhagen for an episode, it's kind of hard to pass that up. So, Brett, thanks so much for joining me here at the back of the range. Thanks so much for the time. Always. No problem, Ben. Look, look forward to having some good conversation. Absolutely. Well, uh, I have to to be a little diligent for our listeners because they're used to, to listening to whether it's college players or pros. But So let me level set this a little bit here just because you're going to need to keep me honest here. So before I started playing golf, I played baseball as a kid. Um you know, I pitched, I played shortstop, and, you know, for everyone listening that's just really curious as to how good I was, well, 
I don't want to brag of myself, but you and I had fantastic years in 1989. I made my Little League All-Star team, and you won the Cy Young and led the American League in wins. So I just assume we're just on the same level. I would say it's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, the 89 was, it was an odd year for me. And usually if you look at my statistics, uh, the odd years were a little bit better. So I don't know if your career kind of went that way the same, but uh, yeah, you, uh, you, uh, you had something to look forward to. I, I actually probably peaked and everything came to a screeching halt at 89s, but we, we do have that. And the reason I wanted to share that story is just to highlight the fact that, you know, I was really into baseball. I have family in Kansas so the 85 World Series that you won with the Kansas City Royals was is pretty vibrant in my memory. So, But I just wanted to kind of, you know, make sure everyone knows where we're coming from. I'm a huge baseball nut, so I need you to keep me honest. If not, I'm just going to ask you to tell me, like, Steve Balboni and Mark <laughs> Gubazaw stories for three hours. And we're going to lose everyone except for me, and it, this isn't just about me. So. <laughs> But, Love uh, it, Ben. Awesome. So um, we do our research here at the back of the range. You're a alum of Grover Cleveland High School in Reseda, California. Uh, part of the reason I bring that up is to maybe learn a little bit about, you know, did you start golf at that age? But also to seamlessly drop in the name Travis Matthew into the podcast to give them a little bit of a shout out. I know you wear a lot of their SoCal stuff. So did you did you play golf as a kid? When did golf really uh, start taking shape in your life? Well, I, I never played golf when I was younger. It was always uh, basketball and baseball. Mom wouldn't let me play football, so that was out. I graduated from high school 155 pounds, so I wasn't uh, no. one of those big kids. I was tall. I was 6'1", a size 12 foot, um, but uh, just not a lot of weight and kind of matured as I uh, got to, to playing uh, professional baseball each year. I kind of put on some weight finally tried everything I could as a kid, but, um, I picked up golf my first year in pro ball in the minor leagues. Um, a lot of the guys, uh, during instructional league would either go play golf or go fish. And some of them did both. And, uh, I tried both and, um, I had fish when I was a kid. Uh, I always enjoyed fishing. I wasn't an avid guy and still to this date, I enjoy it very much, but, um, right. I, I won't, um, instigate a little fishing, uh, uh, excursion. Um, but, uh, the golf, uh, was something I really enjoyed, um, from time to time. It'd be maybe about a whole, um, uh, one round, um, for the first, uh, few years because, it was very tough to pick up that game. Uh, yeah. Golf is very frustrating. I think that's why it's a four-letter word at times. Yes. Uh, um, the ball doesn't move, and it doesn't go where you want it to. So uh, it took me a long time to uh, get a decent handicap, get it in the single digits. But, um, yeah, I, I fell in love with it uh, back in uh, 1982, that winter. And then now, were you still for for like spring training? Were, were you still in Fort Myers at the time? Was that where the Royals were for spring training? Yes, we were in Fort Myers, and there's some some great courses now. That's uh, it's grown up even more, and there's some better courses. And uh, the further you go down to Naples and oh, yeah. everywhere, there's uh, but uh, uh, Fiddlesticks was uh, the yeah. one course that we played a lot down in uh, Fort Myers, which was uh, one of the best golf courses going on down there. Absolutely. Uh, another one, another good course down there that, uh, when I was there was uh, Benita Bay, which uh, was uh, a, lo- a lot of fun to play as well. So Absolutely. those I uh, played both those courses and um, played a lot of golf over there in Fort Myers. So, so you get in basically through work. I mean, it helps your career as, as a professional baseball player. Uh, who are some of the guys um, 
in the Royals organization, whether it's other pitchers or coaches, who actually got you into it? Who'd you go out and play with and kind of learn the game from a little bit? Well, uh, Bud Black, who's the, the Rockies manager right now, he yeah. was kind of my mentor and he was uh, the one, him and Charlie Liebrandt really taught me a lot about golf. And um, I never, never taken any lessons. Um, I've gotten tips from people throughout uh, my playing days and uh, trying to, you know, a little bit better swing, um, you know, it, it just, just all kinds of different tips, but I've never sat on a range and taken a lesson um, from somebody, but Blackie, Bud Black and Charlie Liebrandt were both left-handed pitcher, right-handed golfers okay. and um, really taught me uh, a lot uh, about golf. Um, so uh, yeah, it, uh, it was a, it was, like I said, it was frustrating for a long time, but um, it's it's gotten better. Sure. We're going to get into uh, one of the big celebrity uh, celebrity golf events that you play in the American Century uh, out in Tahoe. We're going to get into that a little bit later. But I, I just, you know, I looked at the, the leaderboard from this year's event. You finished 14th out of 90 players. You know, there's actors, there's comedians, there's, there's politicians playing in there, but there's a lot of athletes, of course. And just by glancing at it, I see all these pitchers, you know, Mulder and Maddox. And, <laughs> and, and you don't see a lot of position players. I, I could, I might have missed someone, but I'm seeing, you know, Joe Carter, uh, Vince Coleman, Ozzie Smith. I don't see a lot of position players. Do you have a theory on why you think pitchers are better golfers, perhaps, than position players in baseball? Do you have any theory on that? Well, my, my theory with, with uh, golf uh, pitchers being a little bit better golfers, um, especially during the playing days when, when I was playing, it seemed like the pitchers, you know, especially the starting pitchers, you had four days off in between starts. Sure. So you're able to go out and play a, a, a lot more. The position players, they were playing, you know, a um, hundred and, you know, 50 Six, games yeah. out of 162. So um, they weren't playing as much, but once uh, the hand-eye coordination with hitters, once they uh, retire, um pick up the game and uh, play a lot better than what they were um, when they were uh, actually at playing uh, baseball. But I think that's why you see a lot more pitchers than position players, because uh, a lot of uh, position players didn't want the golf swing to mess up uh, their baseball swing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes total sense. Now you were, your playing career um, 80, I mean, I guess the pros like 84, I know you came back for one year uh, right around 2001, but basically 84 to 2000, you know, that's pretty, that, I mean, that's that's before the Tiger Woods golf boom that really made the game even more popular. Was golf considered cool at that time when you were playing with, with uh, you know, with your, with your guys? I mean, how? It, it didn't, it didn't seem cool when I was in high school. I don't okay. think I would have ever put on uh, golf or picked up a club. Um, and again, um, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, around me. My, my friends weren't playing it. Um, it seemed like if my friends were doing something or if I was doing something, you know, we'd all pick it up and, and start doing it. But golf was not in it. Yeah. So, uh, for me to pick up a golf club for the first time was, uh, um, a little strange, but, um, enjoyable. Um, yeah, it, uh, it, I would say it probably wasn't the cool thing to do for a long time. And yeah, definitely Tiger Woods is, uh, uh, made the game very popular with uh, a, a lot of uh, uh, people. Um, and it's great to see him back uh, swinging the club again. You know, one of our previous guests that we had earlier this year was Joe Buck. And 
you know, he was, he told this story how, you know, him and some of the other broadcasters or, or a coach, you know, they could just roll up to pretty much any golf course they want, what they wanted to. And if they had a, maybe a Sosa or McGuire signed ball around, you know, 98, <laughs> they could just, they could just stroll into any joint. Um, were you guys able to leverage maybe, uh, you know, your work credentials into getting onto some pretty good courses? What's one of your, uh, fondest memories from playing while you're playing golf while you're uh, playing professionally? Well, it definitely opened a bunch of doors. Um, I wouldn't say that you could get on any course that you wanted to. Um, I know for a fact, John Smoltz had a golf black book that uh, had uh, pros <laughs> from the golf courses, uh, members from that golf course. Um, if you had to play with a member, um, if, you know, I'm sure he was sending them off, you know, Christmas presents and Christmas cards, sure. uh, <laughs> you know, just to keep that contact um, because there were some, some great courses and great opportunities, you know, while you're uh, traveling around the country to play golf. Um, I know the, the Braves were allowed to take their clubs and on the road when they were uh, traveling and that um, a lot of the teams that I played for uh, the Royals um, Mets um, didn't allow that uh, the Red Sox when I was with the Red Sox towards the end of my career we were able to take our clubs on the road. So, um, yeah, it, uh, it, it definitely opens some doors and gets you uh, your foot in the door. Um, although I have not yet uh, played Augusta national and, um, that is, uh, a definite bucket list. So one of these days, if anybody's listening out there and has a connection and wants to hook me up, please do so. Well, and if you're going to hook, the, if you're going to hook Brad up, I have to go with him because I mean, oh, yeah, Ben's got to go as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't let you alone by, by yourself in that joint. Um, one thing I also want to ask you, you know, you were a two-time comeback player of the year in the major leagues. You had, I guess, three shoulder surgeries. You know, I'm not going to play myself off as an expert by any means, but, you know, elbows, wrists, shoulders, back, you know, that's that's baseball injuries. That's also golf injuries. And how hard is it for you to come back from an injury like that, you know, maybe shed some light on, you know, how difficult it is for a guy like Tiger to come back from the stuff that he has to come back from? Well, again, I, I have never really had any major back problems like Tiger has. Right. Um, pretty much, if you have a back problem, that's going to shut down your whole entire game. Sure. My problem, uh, shoulder-wise, and I've been told that I've got uh, um, like a little chicken wing um, when I swing because I can't get uh, my uh, right shoulder completely elevated. So uh, it only goes up so high after having three surgeries. So sure. um, I, I, it's kind of a, a little modified swing, and it works for me. Um, it doesn't look um, too screwy from what I've seen. I think it looks pretty pretty decent. Yeah. Um, but it, it works for me. And, uh, yeah, coming back from uh, from aches and pains like that, uh, you know, it seems like the back thing, you know, Freddie Couples' back has been bothering him forever. Um, he's able to get by from time to time. Um, but the backs, the wrist, um, it, there's, yeah, a lot of similarities, um, you know, the knees, putting a lot of torque on the knees and these guys are so big and strong now it, uh, they've got a lot of, they're generating a lot of, uh, club, club head speed. Um, superstitions are big in baseball. They're big in golf. Any of your superstitions carry over from, from the baseball diamond to the golf course or, or did, are you just kind of a blank slate out there and just nothing bothers you? No, I wish that nothing bothers me out there. Um, actually, when the, the louder, the better. You know, you're talking about the American century and the whole the 17th hole of par three on the weekend is just crazy lined up with the DJ out there and boats three deep. And it's just a big old party out there um, compared to uh, the, the Arizona event, uh, the 16th par three. Um, 
I believe a TPC, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Right? That's, uh, that's, I'm talking about? Yeah, you're talking about waste um, management, the uh, Waste management, correct. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's, uh, it's a version of that, um, a lot smaller, of course. Um, we're not getting 200,000 people uh, on uh, on you know, each day of the weekend, we're getting 50,000 for the, for the whole entire weekend. Right. But, um, it's the biggest, uh, event that I plan and, um, you know, all the sponsors that do that stuff, I'm going to throw a couple out there, Corbell, Harris, um, yeah. and American century do a, an unbelievable job, um, of doing that uh, event every year. And it's, it's a lot of fun, but, uh, I think the more noise, the better, but as far as routines, I think that's what I have in golf. It's more of a routine than superstition. It's kind of, you know, your your pre-swing um your pre-putt um so um those are kind of routines i wouldn't call them superstitions sure well you mentioned american century definitely want to hit on that you know they've raised over five million dollars for you know charities you know firefighters first responders cancer autism I mean, they they really generate a lot of money for these causes like i said you finished 14th this year when was the first time you played in that event was this your first year no, I, I want to say it's, and again, um, time flies. Um, it's been 14 or 15 years that I've played in the event now. Oh, great. Um, and the last two years, prior to the last two years, my best finish was uh, 17th. And um, last year was my best finish, but um, uh, 2017, um, I finished 16th. And then last year, I finished uh, 14th. So, uh, and again, the last two years, I've stayed away from double bogeys. That's what really kills you in the, the stable for an event um, yeah. at the American Century. You're getting minus points. So if you stay away from double bogeys and if you can uh, make a few birdies, which, um, you know, you need to make birdies to, to kind of move up the leaderboard. Um, and again, it's, it's, I, I, I have a, it's, it's a blast. It's the closest thing to a PGA event I'll ever see. Um, each and every one of us look forward to it every year. We, uh, we hope we get that invite back and, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just about going out there and not embarrassing yourself too bad. Uh. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you mentioned this, you know, hoping you get the invite. Um, you know, I do a little research over here and you can, anyone can go online and figure out how people qualify for the PGA tour web.com, you know, McKenzie tour. That's pretty clear cut. It's a little bit complicated, but it's clear cut. I have no idea how this works with the American century. Do you just hope, or do you just, you know, you got it based on your finishes well, or just, you know, yeah. Um, so this is, this is actually how I got invited, but I, NBC, they have, they have a, a list um, each year, you know, and they try to, switch it up by uh i think 13 to 15 new players each year sure. so um you know they have a lot of the same returning players year in year out um, mcmahon hasn't missed a jim mcmahon hasn't missed one of the years at all nice. but um i happened to get invited i was interested in the event for a couple of years after i retired from playing ball and uh just uh, ha so happens that one of my uh, good friends um arthur bernier who uh, i played in a couple of his uh, charity events yeah, I was good friends with uh, John Miller and uh, Gary Quinn from NBC. And I got a call uh, Thursday morning uh, before the event started um, at 7 a.m. Um, uh, from Arthur. And he said, hey, are you still interested in playing in the American Century? I said, yeah, when does it start? He goes, uh, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I changed up my schedule for the weekend and uh, got on a plane. And the first day that I saw the event, my first year was uh, the first day of the event. So no practice rounds or anything. Just uh, you know, go get them, kid. And who are um, you? And who are you paired with? 
I, I couldn't even tell you. I can't okay. even remember back that far. Um, I've, it, and just about every one of these guys that come out and play in this event are just sweethearts. Yeah. But um, I, I just, uh, I got lucky. Um, I, a buddy of mine was in the right place at the right time. Somebody had backed out. Excuse me. Somebody had backed out of the event. And um, for, I, mean, I could have been an actor or something that something came up or somebody got sick or somebody got hurt. I have no idea, but yeah. um, a friend of mine was in the right place at the right time and they needed another player and uh, a phone call away. And um, I've been uh, back ever since. There you go. I, I would imagine that you've had just a couple pairings that just really stuck out over the years that like, you're looking over at this guy and you're like, man, I cannot believe I get to play golf with this guy. All the baseball guys, it's always fun because I've played with a lot of these guys before, like Smoltz and uh, uh, Maddox and Derek Lowe and Tim Wakefield. Oh, yeah. You know, um, so I've uh, played with a lot of these guys um, in, in previous rounds, um, you know, off uh, off the tournament. But, um, you know, it's fun playing with other sports guys, um, other celebrity guys. Um you know, you can go from, I play with Emmett Smith to John Elway to, uh, um, who are some, I tell you who was, uh, I just love is TJ Oshie. Oshie's oh, such yeah. a sweetheart of a guy. I see him after he wins the Stanley cup, just, uh, partying up like a storm. I said I, to myself, I'm going, I never realized that this, uh, he likes to have that much fun because he's always been this very polite, very nice, uh, young man. And not that he's not, you know, when right. I've seen him in public and that, but taking two beers and just guzzling them straight down. <laughs> There's video you know, of him. I think that was drinking him. a, yeah. With drinking the beer, a beer, beer uh, right through his shirt. Yeah. yeah. yeah beer helmet. He's, he makes this like 30 footer. Right? I think it was this year. That was incredible. Um, so, Osh is a good guy, but I've played with uh, a lot of different guys, and it's always fun to, to play uh, with new guys. And a guy that really I played with this last year, uh, Ray Allen. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about a guy that just uh, grinds at practicing um, on, the, on the range and on the putting green. Yeah. And I, I've, I've been around him a lot, but I've never really talked to him. So I didn't know if he was a, a really nice guy or just really a standoffish guy. So we played, you know, the first few holes and really didn't say a whole lot to each other other than saying hello. And, you know, by the middle of the round and that we were BSing back and forth and, uh, yeah, and another great guy. So a lot of the times you see these guys at the event, but you never get the chance to spend a whole lot of time with them until you get on the golf course and play with them and really get to see what they're all about. Sure. Well, I would imagine at that event, the golf is, is the highlight, but the off the course stuff has to be just tremendously fun as well, where you can actually sit down and, you know, have a beer or just, you know, have a conversation with someone that you've seen around this, the sports world or even in Hollywood um, and just, you know, forge some friendships there. Um, right. Is there, there's lots of time for that. I would assume. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's something going on every night. Um, and then after the rounds, usually uh, the American Century tent or the, the, the hospitality tent up above, uh, you go in and have a little bite to eat, uh, you know, probably watch a little bit on, uh, on NBC um, or the Golf Channel. Um, it's uh, televised right into the tents there and catch up with a few of them. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, maybe in, before the round. So we're, uh, we're rubbing elbows nonstop on a regular uh, you know, some of the bigger guys uh, kind of hide to themselves because they don't want to be bothered so much. Um, but, uh, you know, us little, you know, be celebrities. Oh, <laughs> uh, come on now. Come on now. Come on. You can, uh, you can take your two sayings. You can and, find me anywhere. Uh, well, I don't know about all that. So you're, uh, so I, I mentioned Hollywood. 
it's not the best baseball movie ever made, but you know, for the love of the game, you know, I had Kevin Costner. I just remember that scene where he's, you know, mutters to himself, you know, clear the mechanism and all the crowd right. just glows, you know, goes away and the, 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 the crowd gets muted and, and, you know, you, you can't, I'm assuming in the major leagues, you really can't do that. You can't, you'll cut everyone back into places. Um, do you take some of the skills that you had as a professional baseball player of kind of, you know, calming yourself down on the mound? Have you taken that into golf at all? Well, funny you say that because yeah, clear the mechanism. I, I've never, never really come across that in baseball. It, it was always, I was focused in that um, sure. from pitch to pitch. Um, but uh, yeah, on, on the, on the golf course, there's times where, you know, you get distracted and you're thinking about something else other than, you know, what you want to do and where you want to hit the ball and in your swing. So yeah, there's, there's things that come up all the time that you, you know, you start daydreaming a little bit and uh, not thinking the golf, but uh, again, it's, it's one of those things where it, I'm not getting paid to do it. Sure. Um, so it's, it's more of uh, having fun and going out there and enjoying myself. So um, I think if I was competing a lot more, it'd be more focused at, you know, from start to finish. Um, but there are times when I go out on the golf course and it's, yeah, my focus isn't um, as strong as it was when I was playing, you know, uh, in the big leagues. Right. Well, I, you know, I brought up that movie. It wasn't an accident. You know, I'm going to have to mention your, your Hollywood appearance in the 1994 movie, the scout. We do a lot of research <laughs> over here. Um, yeah. And I, how did, I mean, this is while you're playing this movie's at 94, you're still an active major league baseball player. How did that happen where you get cast in, in a movie? Well, it, it actually, uh, it worked out because it was filmed at Yankee stadium. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, while well, we were at home. So, uh, the Mets, I was playing with the Mets at the time and actually doc Gooden was supposed to be, um, oh, you're kidding. my parts. Yes. And doc was actually pitching the day that they needed to film it. So they asked me the day before if I would go over and, and do this thing with Albert Brooks and, uh, Brandon Frazier, the scout. Yeah. And I said, yeah. So, um, I just had to go over and, you know, lob some balls up to Brandon Frazier and team up for him. <laughs> and thank God for movies because he swung and missed at everything I threw up there and it was nice and easy. And it made it, uh, once uh, the filming and the editing got done, um, yeah, he was hitting them out of the ballpark uh, and not just uh, over the fence, but out of the ballpark. Right. Yeah. Cause you know, Brandon Frazier can hit a, can hit a 600 foot home run. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just saw the clip and I, I can totally see what you're saying there with his, his, his uh, swing. <laughs> Um, that's not your only appearance. You were in an episode of Married with Children. Married with Children, yeah. All right, go ahead. How the hell did that All happen? Right. Yeah, this is, uh, it was uh, actually a few of the guys that were with the Beverly Hills Sports Council um, and agency. Uh, Dennis Gilbert got us uh, a little bit part. Um, so, 94, when we went on strike and there was no World Series that particular year. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. I yeah. We went on strike, so um, uh, Mary with Children did a little spoof on uh, a bunch of uh, baseball players needing to find jobs in uh, our particular different jobs. I was a pizza boy delivery guy, and uh, Danny Tartable was a mall cop. Um, Frank Thomas was uh, spinning this wheel, um, you know, for, for something or another. Yeah. Um, Piazza was a camera guy carrying a camera around um joe morgan was in it dave winfield did the same thing he was another camera guy so there was a few of us that uh did a little uh thing um on married with children's you know 
basically a spoof off of us being on strike and finding uh, odd jobs here and there. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's a, that's, that's a pretty crazy story. I'll have to see if I can find that episode. That's amazing. Um, so you're, uh, you, you've played in, you know, tons of charity events. Have you ever played a PGA uh, pro-am before? Yeah, I played actually in the AT&T back in 1991. Nice. Um, that was a a lot of fun and, um, played in, uh, you know, the, the diamond resort, which is an unbelievable event in Orlando. It's kind of set up, uh, similar to the American century. Um, and, uh, the last couple of years has been the senior players, um, uh, playing alongside of us. So there was two separate purses, one for the senior players and there was a few LPGA girls in there. Um, and then, um, uh, the celebrities, um, this year they've gone to uh, straight, um, LPGA. It's actually, a, a, one of their tour stops, um, for the LPGA this year. And, um, so uh, that's a that was a, a a lot of fun to play alongside uh, with the with the seniors um a- actually competing um during the event and stuff so uh i played in a few um they're they're a blast but um there's so many great events it seems like i i do a lot of children's uh, uh, uh hospital events that's great. got one back in akron's uh in akron for the akron children's hospital a buddy of mine phil lopez does every year the low pen and do a skills competition. Um, I did last year and this year in Hawaii and Kona, um, raising money for children's hospital. Robbie gold does one for the Chicago. Uh, I forget the name of, uh, the children's hospital there in Chicago. Um, but it seems like, a a lot of different children's hospital, which is great. I've done Toby Keese who, uh, he does it for the Oklahoma, uh, chapter, um, children's hospital there. Um, so there's a, a lot of great people out there doing a lot of good things for kids, which is awesome. That's great. Well, and for everyone listening, we are going to put tons and tons of links to all of these charities, all of these events in the show notes of this podcast. So if you want to learn more information, yeah, we're going to put all that in there. Um, let's see. Uh, are you a golf gearhead? You know, pitchers don't have a whole lot of equipment choices that they can really make i I assume you're not running into the clubhouse saying hey guys look at my new glove um (laughs) you know when you're are you a golf gearhead like what what's in your bag right now i'm i'm pretty much a a tailor-made guy from top to bottom okay um yeah not a lot uh varies uh from that um uh the 790s are unbelievable um i actually gained a little length with it and then uh the m4 driver um i've gained a little length with that as well so uh, technology is just crazy. It, it seems like, uh, you get a new club in your hand and you, you gain, gain distance rather than losing distance. Uh, the older I get, I'm 54. Now you'd think I'd be losing distance, but it's always kind of nice to, you know, pick up a little distance, but, uh, Taylor made there's, there's a lot of great companies out there. Oh, but yeah. yeah. I play, I play an M3 driver and uh, a buddy of mine just, uh, kind of gave me an M3 three wood with uh, one of those hazardous shafts in it. And I'm just sitting this thing. I'm just like, this is just cheating. This is stupid. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous. Um, we have a little bit of thing at the end of every episode, kind of a thing like, would you rather? So these are kind of random and silly, but they're somewhat interesting. And some of them are tailored to you. Um, so would you rather, you know, you missed one complete year of your major league baseball career due to injury. Would you rather have that year back and win 15 games. Can't give you 20. That makes it too easy. But if I give you 15, <laughs> 15 wins, or would you rather have one year on the PGA Tour where you don't win at all, but you make a few cuts and you enjoy a successful year? Wow, that's a great question. You know, I was injured a lot. Um, 
and I've been fortunate enough to uh, to be around a lot of these pro golfers, and I know how tough it is. But I'm going to have to take a, you know uh, one of those uh, years back and be healthy and win 15 games. Nice, interesting. Okay, um, let's see. Would you rather rewrite the ending of Tin Cup? Since you're a Hollywood guy, you're you know. I mean, <laughs> would you rather rewrite the ending of Tin Cup so that Roy McAvoy wins the U.S. Open at the end? Or would you com- like to just completely eradicate the existence of Caddyshack 2? Oh, get rid of Caddyshack 2. <laughs> <laughs> that was an easy one. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, the, the, the delay is perfect. I'm totally not going to edit out that delay. Uh, let, uh, let's see. Would you rather win the PGA Championship or play on two losing Ryder Cup teams? Ooh. Winning. I, I hate losing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, let's see. Uh, all right, so you got a PGA championship. Uh, would you – all right, this one, this, one, uh, this one gets me in a little bit of trouble, so if you want to beg off this one, that's fine. Would you rather get a free week badge to the Masters for you and three of your buddies for five consecutive years, or would you rather play one round at Augusta National with three of your ex-girlfriends? <laughs> you know what? I'm friends with all my exes, so I'll do that. <laughs> okay. You are the first one to make that choice, sir, but we're going <laughs> to. Uh, no, I'm, my, I'm great friends with my ex-wife. And yeah, there's, uh, there's not too many that um, um, I've yeah, had tough times uh, with. So um, yeah, I get to play a Masters finally. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, let's see. All right. So Final one, uh, I you know I grew up here in South Florida, and at the time the closest baseball team was, was the Braves. Dale Murphy was my favorite player. I'm going to take in my foursome Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz. Who are good you, choices? Yeah, who are you going to grab for your foursome, and we're going to go head to head. Um, I'm going to have to go with a few royal guys. I'm going to have to go with Charlie Liebrandt, uh, okay. Bud Black, and George Brett. Oh, okay. I, that's a, that's a really good one. That's a real good one. <laughs> Now, Brett, before I let you go, I know you had a reputation when you were playing baseball of a bit of a practical joker. Has any of that carried over to the golf course? No, yeah. The practical jokes were a lot of fun um, until a couple of guys got so pissed off that they wanted to get in a fight with me. So <laughs> okay, we'll I had to had shut that down <laughs> for the most part. You know, being, uh, being a young kid coming up, I was, you know, uh, 19 years old, my first week in the big leagues and, oh, God. you know, win a world series at 21 years old. Um, just, uh, That's just a, a big kid at heart. <laughs> I'm still a big kid at heart, but, uh, I love to have fun and practical jokes and, you know, at being a starting pitcher, you had a lot of time on your hands. So, sure. um, yeah, needless to say, um, uh, quit doing the practical joke stuff. And then, uh, I still got stuff blamed on me, uh, after I quit because it was just like, yeah, Saberhagen did it. And, nice. But, uh, um, yeah, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed stuff. to do that. Yeah, I'm not allowed to do that anymore. I pulled a practical joke on a buddy who's probably listening to this episode. So yeah, um, you ever see those golf carts that have the horns on the side of the uh, the steering column, the real, real loud ones? I haven't. No. Okay. Yeah, some golf but carts. Yeah, have these horns on the side. Horns on a golf cart uh, on the golf course. Huh? That's. Uh... Well, what you do is you, you wait, you wait till you get out and I'll send you a video of this and I'll post it, but you, you wait till you get way away from the clubhouse 
and you get you wait till the, the 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 victim is just about on their downswing and you blow that horn and make sure there's video of it which there is and yeah my buddy harvey <laughs> completely took a divot with his driver six inches behind the ball i mean the video is uh, perfect the horn's perfect his reactions per- it's great it's so good love it so uh yes i I look forward to seeing that oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna send that over to you don't worry sorry harvey but uh yeah brett (laughs) is gonna watch it so well uh brett this is a thrill i greatly greatly appreciate you taking the time we will definitely keep an eye out uh for other uh celebrity events that you're playing in we'll definitely make mention of all the charities that you benefit and uh and you know enjoy the holidays and and good luck uh next year uh with all of your tournaments thanks ben really appreciate you having me on and uh yeah, um, look forward to uh, seeing you down the road somewhere. And there you have it. Another great episode here at the Back of the Range. Special thanks to Brett Saberhagen. How cool was that? Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We'll see you next week here at the Back of the Range. <laughs>